This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. We have made it to episode number 176. Is that right, Brandon? Are we on 176? Am I, uh, am I miscounting? 176. How about that? I love it. I love it. I love it. 176. It is John Barchett. It is Brandon Lee Gouton. We are here for the training camp updates. That's the. That's kind of what we're we're inching towards and, and leaning towards. And uh, we can almost start to think and smell of the preseason as August is just right around the corner. Also around the corner. Some very large news that we will finally... I know we've been teasing this forever. I know that there are a lot of people that go, oh my God, does John have to keep bringing this up every freaking episode? There's just a lot of a lot of different ducks we had to have in a row. But next Wednesday is going to be the day for the major, major announcement for uh, the, the game changer, as we will call it. But we have announced uh, two different things. And the first thing that you need to be made aware of, as we all know, when you go to SoundCloud and, and Stitcher and iTunes and Google Play and you look at BGN Radio and give us those great five-star reviews and you subscribe to wherever you want to or you have the RSS feed and your podca- uh, podcast catcher, um, we we love that part. Uh, what we also love is a lot of the different podcasts around Philadelphia, all the Philly sports podcasts. We know you guys listen to those too. So what we have done is we are teaming up with Crossing Broad. Uh, Mr. Kyle Scott and I are getting together to create a Philly sports podcast app. So every single podcast in Philadelphia that it, that we consider some of the best are going to be right in the same RSS feed. It's all in one app. Uh, so that means that Crossing Broad, Crossing Streams will be on there. Uh, our good friend Derek Bodner, Kyle Newbeck, Rich Hoffman. So you get a little bit of Liberty Ballers. You get a little Philly mag. Get a little Philly voice all in one podcast. The Sixers beat will be on there as well. Uh, also from Crossing Broad, Jim Adair, who is uh, one of the great writers that is over there. And, of course, uh, Max Rappaport, who used to work for the Sixers, makes a lot of great memes and T-shirt designs, graphic designer. He's, he's basically the whole package in one. Uh, the Step Over podcast, also another brand-new Sixers podcast, will be a part of that. Uh, our good friends over at the Sons of Penn, uh, who had, have done a fantastic job of uh, with all the Flyers coverage, like they, they in a year they've had such a great following. 
they have the Orange Update podcast that's going to be rebranded as the Sons of Penn podcast, so they will be covering the Flyers. And, of course, this our sister blog that is right on here, uh, John Stolness, who will actually be the third voice that you will hear that is new, at least in the BGN radio airwaves, the Fileski Files podcast. It is the best Phillies podcast that is out there. I guarantee that, uh, and that will also be a part of the program. So that's going to launch in mid uh, August, I would say. So they're going to be all uh, right in a row. And I know what you're thinking. Where is the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast? And trust me, uh, we uh, asked Spike and Michael and all those guys to be a part of it too. But um, there's just a lot of complications with Spike and it's kind of his own thing. And we appreciate it. But they would definitely be a part of it as well if they were there. So we are very excited for that. I'm also going to bore you for two more seconds and then we'll get on to the Eagles stuff because uh, there is there's definitely a lot to talk about here. We have finally made I don't know if you you know if you you might be noticing it right now we've we've got the new logo so we uh we kind of rebranded that and uh Fiverr is an excellent place for logos so we appreciate that website very very much we also have t-shirts which you will probably see in the link on the show page here on bleedinggreennation.com officially launched those you can make them any style it's it's really really cool so those go a long way to help support the show if you're a big fan um, you know, there's there's baseball tees. You can turn them into tank tops. Got a couple other uh, fun, uh, funny shirts that are up there right now. If you're a Carson Wentz fan, you'll uh, you'll, you'll like that. We got the Wentz's T-shirt that Max uh, Rappaport designed, and he will continue to do that in the starting five with the the next Dawkins and all that good stuff uh, on there. So go check uh, check that out, uh, and that'll be in the description all over. The place at bgnradio.com. You can go to uh, there as well. We're starting to finally put. Uh, everything up there, the uh, support the show page as those, those T-shirts. But now we got all the boring stuff out of the way here, BLG. How was the 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 first full go of practice today? Well, it's pretty boring. <laughs> there, there it is. Extremely boring. Yeah, I mean, the, I'm sure the rain didn't help, right? Yeah, that was a big reason. Uh, you know, the Eagles, you know, are, are very limited when they practice indoors because they only have that their their practice bubble and it's you know it's not even like a full football field or whatever and uh but they made the most of it uh i think they ran about like 90 minutes which is even 30 minutes shorter than the two hours they've been doing but kind of an interesting thing that uh, happened at eagles practice today is that they kind of went back to what andy reed used to do as doug peterson often does and they did the <laughs> the 10 10 10 which I guess I uh-huh. I didn't really I don't kind of remember that from the Andy era, but I guess I wasn't paying attention closely enough. Or it's just the the chip era kind of just made me forget about it. Basically, it's where like the Eagles go through ten offensive plays, uh, ten defensive plays, and then ten minutes of special teams work. Uh, it's kind of yes. weird because like when they're doing these plays, uh, they're doing it so that like for the offense, will su- they they want the offense to succeed. The offense is set up to succeed on those 10 plays. And then the, for the next 10 plays, the defense is set up to succeed. So, you know, there's times when the quarterbacks are going to be throwing interceptions. Didn't happen today so much, but, you know, there's going to be times where, you know, one side is supposed to look better than the other side of the ball. So it's kind of hard to take notes, you know, from that because you don't know what exactly is supposed to happen and, and, you know, what is actually a good play. But overall, you know, a good first day. Uh, nothing, no major injuries. The only thing that's going on is uh, obviously Ryan Matthews isn't practicing yet, and we'll talk about that more later, I'm sure. And uh, Brandon Brooks, starting right guard, also sat out, has a hamstring injury. He's day to day. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's 
you know, not to, nothing could be uh, unexpected with a Ryan Matthews injury, and even before he takes a snap in training camp. And um, it's it, interesting, though, because I was reading Smallwood did get a lot of reps today because of that. Is there anything to take away from that, or are they just doing basic drills today? Uh, it's a lot of just basic stuff. Uh, it's nothing too major to take away from that. In terms of practice, I think one thing that is interesting is Doug Peterson did praise Smallwood yesterday on Wednesday now in his press conference. He was asked about Smallwood, so of course he's going to talk him up. But still, he, he kind of said in there that you know uh, he feels Smallwood can help the team right away this year, which I think is a sign that you know his role could be a little bit more expansive than we may be expecting. And uh, Greg Cassell has said the Eagles do believe Wendell Smallwood can be a, a feature back in the future. I don't think you know that they'd really want to rely on him like that starting week one. But uh, I, I do think Smallwood will be involved in this offense. And that is surprising. I mean, I know, I know I'm not, I haven't been like the biggest <laughs> it's just Smallwood uh, pick fan, but if they believe in him to kind of move forward and, and get some of that workload, I think that definitely says something. I think it also says something as our good friend Jimmy Kemsky over the Philly Voice, some surprising news as well saying that they still do believe in Josh Huff, even though there is like 97% of the fan base that doesn't. Uh, so we'll also keep an eye on that as well. And the praising and not praising and mentioning names is definitely something we should stick on here because this week has been very odd with Eric Rowe. Uh, we talked last week, you know, Elliot Shore Parks came out and said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Mills was on this team and Eric Rowe was not. And everybody kind of laughed at it. Then the, the NJ.com's crew doubled down and Matt Lombardo said, hey, I'll start betting pizzas that Eric Rowe probably won't be here, won't be a starter on this football team. And you're like, ah, whatever. Then the Peterson press conference, everybody goes back to that. It's like, well, he really didn't mention him that much in the spring other than the fact that he had some hiccups and he had some struggles. And then uh, you hear, we're going to play it right now, but here's Jim Schwartz getting asked the same questions about the cornerbacks. You know, and even even where it appears as though we're set, we're always looking for good players, and we're always looking for guys that can, um, you know, that can execute the scheme, guys that can make a play within the scheme, guys that can be trustworthy. Um, so we, we try not to go in with any, um, any prejudice toward anybody, whether it's an undrafted free agent or a 10-year vet. Um, it's going to be fun to watch the corners compete. We have some guys that can cover. We have some guys that, um, you know, have a great opportunity here. And, um, you know, if, if they'll get up and they'll challenge receivers, like I said before, you know, if you can cover, you can't cover many people if, if you don't want to challenge guys, you know. I mean, this God's honest truth. I could I could play the deep ball. I'd get, I'd, I'd get my ass 50 yards deep, and, and you couldn't get one over top of me, but I couldn't cover anything else. You know, so there's a, there's a fine line in there. And um, the fine line is you have to, you know, you obviously have to play the deep ball in this league, but if that's the only thing you're worried about, you're not going to cover anything else. And, and you, what's that? Um, well, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, yeah. Um, but, you know, just with the, the blend of veteran players, you know, a guy like Nolan Carroll, who we talked about, Leotis McKelvin, some young guys that have some opportunities, um, you know, Jalen has done a nice job for a rookie so far, and Ron Brooks is is going to have an opportunity. Um, you guys coming off injury, you know, like like Shep, um, who's been out here. I think it's going to be exciting to watch those guys, and um, you know, if they show if they show the ability to to cover and they show that 
you know, that, that they will challenge guys, then uh, we'll find use for all of them. And again, no mention of Eric Rowe. Like, they are purposely calculated not talking about him. Is this really happening, BLG? Is re- Are we really going from Corey Unlin praising this guy in the spring last year whenever he said it as a this guy could be a top corner and now he's on the outside looking in with with McKelvin of all people who I know you're per- higher than I am than I am but <laughs> my boy what, what what is going on here it is weird I mean anytime you have a new coaching staff you know stuff like there's always players who are bound to fall through the cracks it's, it's just natural it happens with any kind of coaching change but you wouldn't think Eric Rowe would be one of those guys you know he was a second round pick last year I think he showed potential down the stretch last season. You look at that Patriots game, that Bills game, those two games where he almost didn't stand out in, in a good way, meaning that like he kept his receivers quiet the whole game. He almost forgot he was playing. Uh, it is weird how both Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz did not mention Eric Rowe. It just doesn't feel like it's kind of like, a, oh, we forgot to mention him as much as like they said You know, a, a lot of other names other than him. They said Ron Brooks. They said... Uh, Nolan Carroll, they said Ja'Cory Shepard, and, and maybe Aaron Grimes and whoever else. Uh, so it is weird. Uh, I kind of think maybe they're doing this to kind of light a fire under Eric Rowe. Not that I think he's kind of a guy who like necessarily needs that, because I don't think he's he's lazy or anything. I think he is a motivated guy, but it's, it's pretty weird. Yeah, I think it's exceptionally, and I, I agree with th- that more than I do him, like, you know, getting cut or possibly traded or... Oh, he's not going to get cut. We definitely know that. Yeah, that that would be ridiculous. And I think that we've all had this conversation. Uh, James and you and I had this conversation having beers <laughs> in Center City, Philadelphia. Hmm. And we uh, it said the same thing. Like, you would move Eric Rowe to safety before you would even think of even trading him. Doesn't really make sense to me. With the depth that you have at safety, he can definitely play there. You know, I, he's, he's basically like Malcolm Jenkins. So... Uh, it, it, uh, same type of things where you wouldn't put him in the slot because it's the same issue. You saw that with Malcolm Jenkins last year too, where he couldn't cover uh, Cole Beasley. No, <laughs> so it's just like you know, kind of all over the place. But I, I do subscribe to the theory that this is, and I wouldn't even necessarily say it's lighting the fire under Eric Rose, but this is this is a new coach. This is a brand new defensive scheme, and and it's Jim Schwartz. And if you're not going to do the right things, he's not going to play you so there are no guarantees when when that comes in and you see that with every new head coach that comes in here you see that with every new coordinator that uh, comes in here there is not like a defined set of starters unless again they're the type of players that just kind of supersede scheme and you're going to play them no matter what like Fletcher Cox we obviously know that there's not going to be a problem with him no matter where he goes in a 3-4 or 4-3 he will be there uh, but those guys that, especially a guy that is in year two, who's like, yeah, this is this is where it's going to lock in. I really do think that they're trying to create competition that will rise to the cream of the crop, and you will see Eric Rowe be phenomenal this year because of that mindset in here. Maybe they give him a little chip on his shoulder, saying like, hey, wait, I came in. I'm a second round draft pick that came in here uh, that didn't start for half of the year, and then just basically locked down the last half. What's the deal? So I can definitely see that happening do you i mean like do you really think that there's any chance he gets traded not really and i think it's early too you know we're, we're talking about all of this and it's you know it's not even the full first week of training camp we'll see how the reps get split up uh today it was mostly leotis mckelvin 
and Nolan Carroll on the outside, although that was more of the nickel package. I think Ron Brooks was even getting some looks. And yes, Ron Brooks, you know, a guy who was mostly a special teams guy. <laughs> yes. And the guy who came to Philadelphia and said his first words were, My name is Ron Brooks, obviously. Which is great, great, by oh, the way. Oh, I love that. But uh, yeah, so I mean, <laughs> this could be like a thing, you know, maybe where, you know, the, the fact that Brooks is in there could be a sign that like they just kind of want to get the guys in there who know what's, what they're already doing. You know, like Schwartz is getting his guys in there and, and maybe they're, you know, they can change things around later in camp. We'll see. Uh, and we, you know, we, as I mentioned at the top, there's going to be a lot of new different voices. We had Adam on, Adam Harriman, who joined us last week to kind of introduce himself. This week, we wanted to do the same thing. We just, the, uh, the we would have had her on uh, completely. The, just the timing didn't really work out. So I want to introduce everybody. She, It's not her BGN radio debut because both myself and Ben Natan interviewed her when she was down covering the combine for holy or the land grant holy land which is uh, one of our sister sb nation sites she's a buckeyes fan unfortunately we're gonna have to get used to that around here me being the iowa guy i know there's a lot of penn state people not the big 10 fans here but uh, we welcome to the program anyway making her official part of the team bgn radio debut miss alexis chasson alexis uh we've been talking about eric rowe we've been talking about uh, this kind of situation that's brewing, what what has been your take on this so far? Yeah, it's very rare that something like this is an accident that they just keep like omitting him when talking about, you know, the exciting secondary. And especially with the younger guys coming in and looking really good so far in training camp, like Jalen Mills with all of his um, like interceptions and pass breakups so far. And it's still early. Um, I just feel like he's, uh, he's going to be gone probably soon. <laughs> Think so? You think that's really going to happen? Um, I feel like either by way of trade or something. I just don't know that he really stays an eagle, or I mean, he won't really get much playing time. <laughs> you think that happens more or less like that? You think that might happen like this year? Uh, I think it could, depending on how um, you know this preseason goes. For sure. Uh, I mean, they have to make a lot of cuts, so. It's uh look at look what Elliot Shore Farks and the rest of NJ.com have done to the eternal universe here along with all that. I can't believe that we would be talking about Eric Rowe, a guy who's, you know, one of those guys that's gonna be a, a top corner from uh from his his D B coach last year to either being uh kind of traded or cut. We we want to get to know a little bit more about you, Alexis. So I decided, I told her to we're gonna play a little game. I want you to tell me two truths and a lie. So you're gonna say three things. I'm gonna guess which one is the actual lie? So go for it. Okay. Um, so I wrote for our college paper. Um, I was banned from a bar in college for getting into a fight. Uh-huh. And Archie Griffin was my neighbor. Okay. Yeah, see, the Archie Griffin is your neighbor is pretty well. I'm going to say you don't look like the fighting type at all. So I'm going to say that's the lie. Uh, that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happened? Story time. Oh, it just, you know, some girl was talking about me a little too close to my head and I heard and you know I <laughs> may have been a couple drinks in and I got mad about it so wait, wait, wait. well hold on what was she whispering into your ear or what was she saying that set um, you up um I don't even remember at this point but it was it was enough for me to be like do you know I can hear you like I can hear you right now and then it just sort of snowballed into a whole big mess and, you know, ended with, don't come back. And I was like, okay. Wow. Did you, uh, what, did you go all uh, Nigel Bradham on her? Or what? <laughs> what, what uh, was it, did you throw punches or did you just get thrown out? 
I tried. We were being like held back by some of the like oh, me and my girlfriend were being held back by some of the guys in the group. Like, don't the, do this. A, total, and, a, a bro fight basically is what you. Ended up yeah, okay. but um, yeah, I still. I'm not allowed back. Well, I'm sure I could go in now. I probably don't look the same, but. <laughs> oh so what is, uh, and just for you, like, what is your end game as far as journalism, NFL, Eagles? Where do you want to be? Um, I just want to be writing and talking about the Eagles, really. That's like my passion. And I'm pretty sure my friends are really sick of hearing me talk about it at this point. So it's good to, you know, have a new audience and well, new people to, to talk to about it's it. It's hard to do when you're in Columbus, right? If you're it an Eagles fan. It really is. It's so lonely here. Like, I saw some guy with an Eagles hat on the other day and I yelled out the window, fly, Eagles, fly, because you never see it. Like, <laughs> it's such a rare. I'm surrounded by Bengals and Browns and Steelers. Like, even at like our local, you know, grocery stores, they have little sports sections where you can buy stuff. And um, it's always those three. Like, left out. Yeah. 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 No, I totally get you. I was just say transplanted person that's been around all the time. I, I, I totally get that. So, well, just a, and, and getting back to the Eagles then. So what is your kind of outlook for the season? Obviously, we've kind of gone over the same storylines over and over again. I think the concerns are, are valid. Everyone expects the defense to be good. No one's uh, expecting the offense to do much here. But and this is kind of this is kind of what I've always thought of, too. If this is. This is how I'll phrase this question, because if really the coaching staff was the issue, that has been the main complaint from everybody uh, from going into last year, and the talent was there and the coaching was the biggest issue. So if you have this new regime change and you have all these different coordinators and you have Jim Schwartz and Doug Peterson knows how to control the locker room and treat veterans correctly, then why is it do you think that so many people have a six win or seven win mentality if that's truth should not shouldn't they begin competing i guess for the nfc east title i am an eternal optimist <laughs> so i see it being a pretty decent year um definitely better than six or seven wins um i don't i think that a big part was the coaching obviously but i think it was that was just the stem of the issue into like the whole culture. I feel like a lot of the players weren't playing, you know, for the team, like for the unit. And I just feel like they brought in a lot of guys this year um, who really seem to be that those team guys, like the guys who get right out into the city. They want to be, you know, in Philly. They want to surround themselves with the culture and just, you know, fight for the Eagles. And I feel like that's sort of heart was missing um, cause like you said, the talent was there, but when you started gutting players, then, you know, you sort of took away that spark and then you're just another football team. And so I feel like until they show that they have that spark, which I think, you know, they could, cause like I said, they brought in a lot of good guys and I feel like Peterson's really energetic. Um, I think they could be like one of those, Oh, wow. Like they go on a, a run for a good part of the season. Like, you know, the first couple games might be a little nail bitey but after that kind of get into a groove and just kind of yeah and, and hit their stride in there we could it, it's a it's a possibility and the the optimism will probably be uh needed this year for so so you can be you can definitely be in charge of that but uh, alexis thanks so much for hanging out with us and of course uh, to the bgn radio listeners 
Uh, you can catch her anywhere and go check her out uh, on Twitter. She's got she only less than 1,200 followers. How is it possible? At Lovely Buckeye. Uh, Alexis, we'll catch you uh, next time. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you soon. Excellent. Well, you know, uh, I can't wait for uh, Alexis. That We're going to have her do a lot of different type of segments, even if she can't make it to uh, a full show in here. We, we welcome in there. Can you believe, uh, BLD, she's a, she's a fighter, she can, like starting bar fights and all that crazy stuff that, you know, this is perfectly mild-mannered Midwestern girls just causing ruckuses all over the place. Did you know you hired that? Uh, I am not going to fight her. I'm going to make sure <laughs> that, you know... I'm, first of all, I'm not going to fight any. I'm not going to put my hands on anyone, but yeah, I am sure. especially <laughs> not going to fight Alexis. Yeah, no, she's, uh, I think she's ready for the UFC. Uh, so, but, you know, is we talk about all that stuff, and, and then there's there's some other things that, that kind of came around this week. So the, the biggest thing that we were kind of paying attention to is, obviously, uh, Nigel Bradham fighting a cabana boy is not great. A cabana news. man. <laughs> Cabana man, excuse me, not a cabana boy. Um, and there was, yeah, I, I, I don't know. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of information. He turned himself in right away. A lot of people took that as well. He's obviously guilty. He's going to spend some time together. He comes out today, uh, and you were there, and basically says, "When this is, this is going to come into light, and the charges are going to be dropped." And I think I, I read that, almost assuming that it was like he just went out to attack him was kind of the story that was trending out there and he was saying that he was very much provoked in this and he'll get cleared of all charges. So what, anything more to that he added from that today? Uh, not a lot. Uh, I think, you know, we did see the conflicting reports that uh, sounded like Radham's girlfriend got punched by this hotel worker and, and maybe, you know, something happened there. And then, so that's, you know, Bradham, it's kind of he, he he basically said that he did get I mean he didn't say it as much as he was like uh, I think Elliot asked him about the, the hotel worker kind of denying that he provoked Bradham and Bradham was like well do you think I'm just the kind of the guy who you see me going around and, and messing with people and stuff like that so he kind of kind of denied it in that kind of fashion uh, it's 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 a bad situation. I mean, even if that is the case, which we don't know, and I don't want to make that assumption, uh, you still can't like hit someone in the head multiple times and then run away. Like that's not really you know the the proper uh, way to handle it. I would think so. Uh, <laughs> I guess we're just kind of waiting to see at this point what happens with him. Yeah, and uh, which which is surprising because it kind of took. Um, a lot of the eyes, or at least the, I thought it took a lot of the eyes off the Aglor situation um, where it still sounds like, you know, I, I don't want to assume too much here either, but it also sounded like today that he would obviously, maybe it was more remorseful of the place that he put put in, but do you think that there's anything else that, uh, it, obviously I'm not asking you to try and speculate either, but it, it, does it sound like, the, you know, he kind of did something wrong or is it, just more that he was more regretful of putting himself in the wrong place. I think it's the latter. I think it's more of like he he even said like going to a strip club, there was nothing good that could have happened for me as much as you know, there's only something that neutral or bad could happen. And that's really the case, especially for uh, a high profile person such as himself. Uh, to me, and, you know, you can take it for what it's worth because, you know, we never know anyone's true intentions and, and they're truly being honest, but for what from what I could tell, I think you know Aguilar did seem remorseful. Uh, I thought he sounded very mature, especially for a twenty-three year old. Uh, he did seem like uh, you know he 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 admit you know he, he did something wrong. I don't know you know uh, as much as 
you know, the, the claims were as much as, again, coming back to just being in the wrong place. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it was good of him to, to come out and to speak honestly like this and admit that, you know, he needs to be, be better. And he said, you know, this will make me a better person. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm never going to put myself in this situation again. Uh, I thought, you know, it was, it was a good, uh, a good effort on his part. And, uh, it just seemed like he was being genuine. He shook every media member's hand after the interview and, you know, thanked, thanked everyone. So he, it seems like he kind of has, uh, an honest and remorseful tone to this. Yeah. And that's kind of the, at least by again, the, the, the perception that I've always had of Nelson Aguilar and what we've been told is that he is that type of stand up guy that he's and that kind of, you know, when he, <laughs> I might be reading too much into it, but most of the time, most players don't go around shaking hands with all of the, Oh yeah. That's not afterwards. a regular thing. At that's all, not, that's ever. not normal. So th- th- that again, that's where I kind of I lean towards just in this situation that, you know, Nelson put himself in a really bad spot and and, uh, you know, it's it's not good for uh, a, a lot of different reasons. But at the same time, it could have been a lot worse than that. His character seems to be, at least to me, still intact here. Um, also, and we'll, we'll get back to, uh, you know, a lot of the football stuff that Brandon saw but there was just there's a lot of a lot of catchy quotes today and Jason Peters I think was the home run hitter of the ball with basically confirming every different radio caller everything that we've ever heard about Chip Kelly and the offense and didn't wear them out well you know J- Jason Peters comes out and and basically says like look don't you think it's going to wear us down if we're running the same play 50 times in a row and or 100 times in a row and by the 50th play, we, we, we'll be tired. Uh, you know, it's just like basically saying, well, when some veteran opens his mouth and uh, Chip Kelly had him gone, I mean, I'm all saying this verbatim here, but any takeaways from that other than Jason Peters venting now? Uh, it was the first time Jason Peters spoke since, I think. Uh... At least not through his agent and sources. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um... To me, I think, you know, Jason Peters is a future Hall of Famer. When he says something like this, you have to listen. I think there is some merit to it. I think the, the Eagles probably could have done a better job managing Jason Peters maybe last year. And I mean, you look at some of these older players in the NFL now, and like Tony Romo, like we make fun of all the time, and, and even Calvin Johnson before he retired, you know, they were giving these guys like easier practice schedules. Probably Chip, you know, wouldn't go for that as much because he just loves practice and he, he's big into uniformity and everything and not special treatment. But I think, you know, there there might be special situations like where it is with Peters where he might need that extra time off and things like that. And maybe, you know, that was part of the disconnect between Chip and the players and, and all, everything we heard about that and him not, you know, getting some of the players. And, and Jason Peters even said one of the biggest quotes, I guess, that came out from today was that, you know, Anytime one of the vets did speak up in the locker room, the Eagles got rid of him. So I think there's some merit to it. As we've talked about all along, you know, uh, uh, you know, a lot of these, anytime a coach gets fired or whatever, they're going to rip that guy and then the new guy is better. And then, you know, <laughs> what, like four or five or whatever, however many years from now, yeah. and Doug Peterson is gone, we'll hear about how Doug Peterson was doing this wrong and how the new coach is good. So this part of this stuff is just like the natural cycle of the NFL. Yes, it, it definitely is. And here's uh, warm up the hot take machine here, Brandon. Uh, I, 
I, I think that the comments more or less, because let me uh, just for my understanding, Jason Peters and LaShawn McCoy were pretty good friends, weren't they? I don't know. Um, at least I, I just remember them. I remember them being everyone's at, friends with the franchise. At, Everyone wants, well, wants yeah, to be friends well, with Jason true. Peters. And I'm pretty sure that despite some conflicting reports that we heard from last year about him not liking Evan Mathis, they, they, they still, I think, got along for the most part. So, I understand where Jason Peters is coming from. And, and if you're the vet in there and you've been the guy for that long and you're saying, thank God that the Andy Reid era is back again because that's what I enjoyed. I totally understand it. Just like Brandon said, I think there is merit to it. But, hey, buddy, uh, when you're running those plays in that type of offense, that's exactly what people are sp- they're supposed to get tired. They're supposed to get tired. That's what the, It's the point of the philosophy of the offense is supposed to wear out the defense. So I, I, I will say that. The, the second part of this is, yeah, but it didn't. It didn't work. And if you were really out there a hundred times or fifty times a game, like not, I'm not. They offensive line definitely got their ass kicked because of it. Chip Kelly did a terrible job coaching. I'm not saying that, but like, I mean, how many three and outs were there last year? You know, I mean, like, how tired can you really be? <laughs> the previous couple of years, yes, but I understand probably where more or less. If you're doing all that extra stuff, if you're doing all that extra running, you're tying yourself out. You're feeling like you can't get up for that. The game, and you're losing on top of that. Like maybe, maybe switch and slow it down, which everybody's saying, and I and I totally understand. I just thought it was just like Brandon said: one guy's in, one guy's out. Uh, more importantly, let's get back to the football here, Brandon. How did our our future franchise quarterback Carson Wentz look uh, in just the couple of drills that you saw there? It's funny because you know you look at Carson Wentz every day in practice, and it feels like there's some plays where you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, like he's just not ready to see the field. He's a rookie. Uh, there's still some issues with the wobbly passes and everything. Like today there was a play where he kind of had Jordan Matthews open for about like 15 yards and uh, it should have just been an easy throw. And instead it's like just totally wobbly and just, you know, Jordan Matthews has to make like a diving attempt just to even make it close. And he did make the catch, but still it's like, you have things like that. And then like a few plays later, I think it was on the very last play of practice today, Carson Wentz, you know, uh, doing his, pre-snap things, which obviously is, you know, the, the big thing this year with the Eagles uh, getting ready to chip system. And he's at the line of scrimmage, and and all of a sudden, you know, he drops back, and boom, he's just, just like flick of the wrist, throws like a 40-yard bomb to one of the Eagles' rookie receivers, and it's just like, wow. Because, like, as Matt would say, wow. Um, <laughs> it's just really impressive, though, because, like, it's just like the ball gets out of his hands so quick on those deep throws. He has such a good arm and it's right on the money too. You know, there's times where he, he struggles with that deep accuracy. We've seen overthrows. So I think he kind of is working on that touch a little bit. Uh, I don't, don't see too many underthrows. That's definitely not an issue with him, but the, uh, so you kind of get the highs and the lows with him. Yeah. And that's kind of uh, it's something that we kind of, I, that's why I really want to see him in game action. You know, I want to see how much that, how, how much he has to, learn because we're all just kind of throwing darts here and saying like, wow, well, he needs this amount of time. He should sit for this amount of time. He needs this kind of an experience going in here. Um, I just you know, looking forward and I know it's, 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 it's incredibly hard to answer, but do you think in the uh, completely hypothetical, uh, would you think that this guy just from your first impressions would need more than three games this season to be ready to basically have the keys handed over to him for the next season? 
I think it might take a little bit longer than that, but, you know, it's hard to place exactly because, you know, you, what's the difference between three and four and five and, and things like that? Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how fast things start to pick up, especially just I think even as we see training camp go along and like the preseason, I think, you know, we're probably going to have a better gauge of, of the kind of progress he's making and things like that. But I think for now it's clear, you know, why the Eagles have the plan they do and they, and they want to sit him and everything. Uh, one other thing I want to say about Carson Wentz is I thought it was really funny yesterday. Now, again, on Wednesday, when the Eagles uh, they still only had like the 30 or so guys there who showed up early, the rookies, quarterback select vets. But, you know, they gave Sam Bradford and Chase Daniel off. I thought it was really funny how uh, and interesting how Carson Wentz was kind of like taken. You know, he was the lead dog in practice, you know, because like Sam isn't there. So he, he wasn't like. You know, when Sam is there, I feel like, you know, you see trying not to overstep his bounds, you know, because he's the rookie and he knows his role. But, you know, when Sam isn't there, he's kind of like giving everyone high fives and he's like rallying everyone. I just thought it was fun to watch. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, one thing uh, that's it's it's you can't it's going to be hard to be mad at Carson Wentz. That's my take. You know, as, as much as he might like have those rookie struggles, I, I think that he's again, just he seems like a, a really great guy and he can't be. Uh, too hard on him. Well, although I'll probably completely turn that around when he throws like five interceptions in one game and flip out and say, oh my God, what did the Eagles do? But uh, with that being said, let us get into some of your questions. We want to hear from you. Call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. 267 245 6066. That's 267 245 6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. Well, uh, one of the we just uh, talked to her not too long ago, Miss Alexis Chesson, is uh, Jalen Mills keeping his gray green hair for the entire season. Uh, also, why can't these rookies uh, hold on to the football? Uh, yeah, do you think uh, Mills keeps the Green Goblin look there, uh, BLG? I think he did say something about that, that he's going to you know, stick with it for a while. And, and how could we, how did it take this long in the podcast to get to Jalen Mills, future Hall of Famer <laughs> Jalen Mills? He is, <laughs> I know. I mean, we make, I kind of like joke about it, but he's been, he's been really good. And, you know, the pads haven't come on, so you can take it for what it's worth. But I swear, like every single day, like no exaggeration, Jalen Mills makes a play. He had one today. Jordan Matthews is... He has, he has tight coverage on Jordan Matthews, kind of trailing him a little bit, though. Matthews makes a good effort, gets his hand on the ball, but they're going to the ground, and Mills just knocks it out. And this is almost becoming routine at this point. So the rookie has been impressive. And what was the other part of the question, John? Uh, why can't uh, the rookies hold on to the ball? I think she's referring to a lot of oh. this week. You know, just a lot of, a lot of UDFAs out there. So that's, that's yeah. part of the problem. That and it's, you know, anyone, any kind of Eagles receiver wearing a uh, or any kind of receiver wearing an Eagles jersey just can't catch the ball, apparently. Yeah, already. And when you have, like, what, the the newest fourth-string quarterback out as your wide receiver, that kind of gives you uh, <laughs> kind of gives you some perspective on what's going out there. Good friend Juan checking in. Real talk. Can uh, Hicks fill in the void of Ryan's as a leader, and what do you expect from him this season? I think so. I think, you know, last week's season we were seeing – uh, people call him Simba, you know, like Hicks was earning respect from his teammates. I think he's that kind of vocal guy. I think, you know, not only that, but his play speaks as well, you know, how good he is and things like that. I think uh, he's a well-respected player on the team, uh, a high character guy from what he can tell. So yeah, I, I do think that is the case. And obviously, you know, 
Uh, there were times last season when Miko was banged up and Hicks had to go in. And I think, and just even Hicks being around Miko was probably a good experience. So, yeah, that's not a concern at all. Uh, also, follow up from one if you were stuck on an island. <laughs> oh, I, I've been thinking about this one. Which BGN member would you rather be stuck with? And, uh, or who, wh- yeah, which one do you want and who don't you want to be stuck with? BLG, you want to go first? Yeah, it's really easy for me who I don't want to be stuck with. It's you, John, because then how would we get the podcast out? <laughs> it's a real simple answer. Well, there you go. That's See, a good one. it's not even offensive. Uh, That's right. <laughs> and then who I want to be stuck with? Uh, I got to go James, you know, because, you know. Yeah, man. I got to go James. Uh, it's going to, I think I wouldn't want to be stuck with Patrick oh. because... Because, and it's, uh, one, that means that the Queen of Jeans has disbanded, and I would feel terrible the entire time it was there. Uh, Two, if he, if somebody comes along, like, what if there is, what if Jane in the jungle comes along? Uh, He's, he is clearly going to win out. Yeah, And and where's my, where's my offspring going to go? Nowhere. Nowhere. So I'm, I'm, I'm dead. Uh, (laughs) And. (laughs) <laughs> but but maybe and then he's got I mean I, and I'm gonna be the first one eaten so he gets the girl and they're gonna eat me because yeah. I have the biggest part of the meat so I'm I'm out you know I'm out with that uh, and I I also think I'm gonna be stuck with James because oh, yeah. like I like I said before in previous podcasts we're basically already kind of married anyway so uh, getting to our good friend uh, the Eagles Intel what's up buddy good uh, thanks for chiming in once again is this the last season that we see of Jason Peters in Midnight Green he kind of addressed that. Uh, today with the uh, with the rest of the scrum in the media where he's just kind of more or less he's kind of year to year with this thing um he knows that he's kind of getting towards the end here and it's I, this is kind of my question to you blg is i wonder if that is that move of jason peters to guard talk gonna pop its head up one more time well it's weird because he he apparently said that he would be okay with it last season like i remember jeff mclean tweeting about that. yeah but then like after the season like immediately after season after that giants game he was like Ain't no better left tackle than me. Like, gonna... <laughs> so I was like, uh, maybe, maybe not. I, I mean, I think, I think that would be the good move, especially if it's after this year. And I think that probably could add some more time to his career. But I mean, who knows? He's going to be thirty-five next January. And even if the Eagles want him at that point, I mean, he might just hang him up. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, it's true. I mean, like he he might not just be. He's uh, done as much as I think that like he wasn't going to go kill himself last season because why would you in that mess? I think that there's some some of that is true, and like there, you just can't uh, keep the body up. And he's had a fantastic Hall of Fame career, and he needs a ring. They got to get it, he, and that's why he's still playing. And I think that's kind of the out there where he's saying like, I'm year to year. If there's a contender that's out there that is just like, hey, we need a right or left guard or something like that, we our left tackle position's all ready to go. Do you want to come? I think he he would definitely kind of do that, uh, and we'll have to see kind of. Uh, you know what, what's going to happen from year to year here. Ray Andrews with a uh, a bunch of different questions, so I'll try and pick them out uh, as uh, as best we go here. With a show like Hard Knocks or All or Nothing that's on Amazon, be awesome uh, because of Jim Schwartz or because of Carson Wentz. And my immediate answer would be could <laughs> definitely be become because of a uh, Jim Schwartz. Everybody like, oh, Carson's so nice, but Jim Schwartz is the most entertaining one for me. Uh, easily. Jim Schwartz, Jim Schwartz had the quote of the week earlier this week. I believe he was right before the Eagles started team drills. And Jim Schwartz is kind of crouching near like where the defensive lineman would line up. And he's facing his defense. And he goes, something to the effect of, hey, let's get our effing heads 
out of our oh, yeah, asses. Yes, I did. Yeah, well, uh, since Brandon is very polite, I'll just say you get to let's get our heads out of our fucking asses. And I, yep. I, I agreed with the coach because you cannot get anything accomplished farting in your face. Uh, definitely. So uh, follow up from that. Schwartz's history to get to the quarterback with four uh, is is pretty rampant. But does uh, Kendricks convince him? to add more linebacking uh, blitz packages. I think that's, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's been too timid with with linebacking blitzers. I, I think that's kind of, basically, he's explained that out wherever he's gone. And there was a couple of videos, I think, from a year or two ago with him really explaining how he approaches defense and watch what works and what doesn't. Oddly, sounds like some Chip Kelly philosophies that he didn't really follow, but Jim actually does in, in this case a lot of the time where he's just going to play to whatever the strengths are. If they can't get pressure with the four up front, uh, then they'll try, you know, I, I'm sure Kendricks will be involved there, and I'm sure he'll be involved in a lot of different, like, stunts and weird uh, A-gap blitzes and things like that because you, you're you if you're dealing with those four guys and if they work out the way at least I think they're going to, especially in this system, uh, you're going to forget about Kendricks. All of a sudden, there'll be pressure from those four, pressure from those four, then all of a sudden they rush five and, uh, you know, Eli Manning's dead again. You know, that's that's how I kind of look at it. But do you, any other different perspective on that? Do you think that they'll they'll be heavy or, or light with Kendrick's blitzing? Maybe not as heavy as they were in the 3-4, but yet you almost have to get him doing that because he's so good at it, and it's his strength. And I feel like if you take it away completely, you're kind of just wasting him as a player. Yeah, because uh, if I, I know people disagree with this a lot, but he can he he can't cover. So it's uh, it, I don't his, disagree. I don't disagree. It, it's he issue. is. He's a he's a downhill guy, so that's that's kind of where it needs to be. Um, Chip Kelly's 49ers offer a fourth for Marcus Smith. Uh, do you take the trade, or do you see what he can do in the system this year? Uh, oh, come on, that's easy trade. I mean, yeah, I, that's a that's a done deal. I think uh, for all of us there. Um, our good friend Dave Mangles, BLG, tell us about your favorite <laughs> Jalen Mills memories. Um, there's the one earlier this week where. He showed his green hair. There was uh, another one where he, he broke up a pass. And then another one where the next day he also broke up another pass. So, you know, there's a lot of them. <laughs> and uh, when is uh, when are we polishing this Hall of Fame trophy? Is that next week? Uh, probably. Eagles Ring of Honor? I think it's been done already, actually. <laughs> uh, from our good friend Albert Lord, pick one eagle to be POTUS and one to be the VP? That's a great question. Who is on your Philadelphia Eagles only presidential ticket? To me, the president has to be Jason Peters, man. I mean, everyone respects that guy. No one is going to try to cross that guy or mess with that guy. Everyone's going to listen to that guy. Everyone in that Eagles locker room listens to Jason Peters. So Jason Peters is the VP or the the vice president. Sorry. The president. The, the president. The vice okay. president. I'm going to go Connor Barwin because uh, the defense has to be represented as well, of course. And I feel like, you know, kind of, he kind of, Connor Barwin could probably have a, a future career in politics if he wanted to. You know, he's always active in the community and things like that. I think, you know, his father has experience working things like that. So he, he would be a good VP. Uh, so I, I feel pretty good about that Peters Barwin ticket. I um I also have Barwin as VP uh because of, of uh the things you just described. I'm going to go Malcolm Jenkins yeah, that's really good. as president. Uh and what we have well we have two really strong leaders and we have uh you know uh, socially aware on one side and 
fiscally responsible on the other, <laughs> and they kind of it's basically what everybody screams for all the time. It's the it is the by the way that is the dumbest line in politics. Well, I'm actually I'm actually right in the middle. I, <laughs> as much as it is just as dumb as uh, mentioning Gary Johnson's name. Sorry, uh, that's a whole nother discussion. We'll leave the politics out of here. Hey, our good friend uh, Johnny Page, who is brand new to the BGN community, does a lot of great all uh, 22 posts, and you will see that throughout the entire season. He's really good at that. Uh, ask some questions. Do you think any possibility, uh, do you think any of the possible slot corners, Mills or Brooks, will be better than Jenkins was in the slot last year? Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if the plan is to have Mills. In the slot, I think they've been working him more outside. Yeah. Uh, but I would say that pretty much anybody but Malcolm Jenkins in the slot is probably a good idea. I don't I don't fully agree with that. I think Jenkins is actually... Depending on the matchup, I yeah, apologize. I mean, he, yeah. he struggled against Beasley, but I think for the most part, you know, I think he... I think he, here's a hot take for you. Or maybe it's not. He, I bet. I think he was better than Brandon Boykin was in 2014. Oh, yeah, yeah. What I, mean, I, I, I have that in my head. So, yeah, I, I think... No, Malcolm Jenkins did a, a phenomenal job covering the same size wide receivers uh, as him, mm-hmm. but the, the the shorter guys. Colby's, I think, was his real only big issue. So, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'm I'm comfortable with whatever they kind of do. I think they'll probably have to have him do that at some point. But I I would think that they want him more or less playing safety than they do in the slot. Right. Yeah, it won't be this like full time role that like it almost was last year or that often because they they actually did sign guys to be their slot guys. Whereas opposed to last year where they they had a slot guy, they traded him and then they they thought they had a slot guy behind him and that guy got hurt, so they kind of were forced into playing Malcolm down there. Uh, I think it's probably going to be Brooks from what we've seen so far. Uh, if the answer is no, then do you expect Jenkins to still cover the slot at times? Then Johnny, yes, sir, we answered that. I apologize. Uh, we do, we do, mm-hmm. but uh, we don't think he'll probably primarily be used in there. Uh, Ryan Jones, <laughs> you think uh, Roe has a shot at the practice squad this year? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> Obviously, he's joking. There's all the all the everything's kind of been going back and forth here. Uh, here's the most popular question. It's been the most popular question in 2013. It was the most popular question in 2014, 2015. And guess what? It's the most popular question again this year in 2016, uh, BLG. Can you guess where I'm going here? No. Would you trade for Josh Gordon? And if so, what would you give up for him? That's from our good friend Turtleneck, who's always listened to the show, and we appreciate that. Uh, I say you give up absolutely nothing for him. Oh, nothing? So you wouldn't give up a seventh for him? Nothing. No, come on. Wouldn't do it. Why? Well, a seventh. Yeah, it's something like Sure. But anything above that, no. To me, I don't see why the Browns would get rid of him. You know, I've heard like, all right, they drafted five receivers. Or Actually, whatever it is. I take that back. I'm going to take my answer back. Okay. I, I wouldn't. I would not trade for him. I would not trade for him if he's going to be, a, especially since he's going to be a free agent next year. No, that's well, he's going to be RFA, I think. It, oh, is that what's happening? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, all right, so it would be easy to keep him. All right, I'm back to the seventh round. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. To me, I mean, the Eagles' receivers are so bad, and. One thing we didn't mention that I should mention now is that the Eagles did apparently show interest in, and I'm so disappointed they didn't get him, Anquan Bolden. And oh yes, we didn't mention that. Yeah, and that's, that's right. kind of interesting because I think that shows you know they're not you know crazy in love with the receiving core, and they might have added wanted to add like a veteran guy or or just even a more talented guy. Although they do reportedly believe in Josh Huff, as we mentioned earlier in the show, I think. Uh, 
I think Josh Gordon would be awesome, but I just, you know, it's, I just don't think to me, I don't see why the Browns do it. Uh, why not just, you know, you're, you're the Browns, you're terrible. Why not just try to see if he can actually stay on the field and, and you can do something and maybe trade him later. I don't know. I just don't think they would have a ton of motivation to move him. But if I was the Eagles, I mean, the most I would give up, I don't know. Like maybe a four. I'm thinking a five would oh, be geez. the very most. I'm thinking a five. I can't. I can't do it. I don't I think I could do, do four. I mean, there's, there's just. I, well, you're right, and I think for the Browns themselves, like there's no reason just to keep do on. that. Just you've, you've come this far already, yeah. you know. And then you're gonna have him and Corey Coleman. Damn, man. I mean, like, <laughs> as that's that could be potentially really, really good for the Browns. Uh, I don't expect Josh Gordon to stay on the field at all, though. You know, it's, it's like, yeah. why why give up anything for this guy if you full well know that it, it, it's a whole different situation? Uh, no, I'm going to go back to nothing again. Because if you <laughs> really had that, if the Eagles were more in a place where everybody felt like, God, if this team just had a wide receiver, yeah. Phew, Let's go. And they're not there yet. At least no. I don't think so. And no. I want to talk a little more about that in just in just a second here. But the Eagles don't have anything, right? They 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 got six picks in this upcoming draft. Seven if Mark Sanchez actually starts four games, which still looks like he's he's going to here. But, I mean, if, if you're going to really bank on that and, and throw that away for Josh Gordon, restricted free agent, and maybe he doesn't get caught again for like the 500th time, Right. You know, we, we're seeing what's happening in Dallas already with Randy Gregory, which we haven't talked about yet. I mean, like Dallas got fined two hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> just for their players being there's because there's too many players that got suspended. I know we talk about this a lot. We talk about this all the time. And like, I'm still kind of hesitant with Jalen Mills and all this other stuff that's mm-hmm. going on here. I understand that he's he looks good. And I I, I really hope that holds up in the. You know, there is no other character issues that kind of pop their heads up. That's still relevant in my head. That's why I'm not, like, becoming really excited about what's what's going on here. Uh, but, I, again, like, you're, you're, you're basing this off of, like, yes, his talent is totally worth that. It always has been. If he's not going to be there, though, and you're going to have then five or six picks going into next year that you just wasted on this thing, and then there's no guarantee that he's here or – decides that he in, in two years that he wants to stay with the football team. Uh, it's it's not worth it. That's what I'm saying. Like, there is some of that stuff that the I hate to bring up the word culture stuff, but why it's still relevant here. I don't want to become Dallas. I don't want to do that. Like, everybody's it's, – it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to me that people are still, like, so on board with let's just go with Josh Gordon. That uh, why, why not? It'll be interesting. It'll be fun as a fan. Uh, but – that's that's going to come down to the scouting department. You got to go find a wide receiver. Like you can't just turn this around in in year one. You still got to wait and see what what's here. Like what if Nelson Aguilar is is okay? What if that what if that ends up being a pretty good one two punch with him and Matthews or Ertz or whatever here? I would say you, you wait and see four games and then after the suspension maybe, maybe take a look here. The other thing I want to talk to you about here, BLG, and you kind of mentioned it too, where with Anquan Bolden with these other different things is I don't understand. I, I, I still don't get w- what they're thinking, you know, because y- you spend the picks for the future franchise quarterback. We have to wait for that. I get that. Sam Bradford has one year and one year only here. I, I understand that. The trade value, sure, you don't want him on his back 
that's fine. I get all that. But I'm so confused on, are is this team expected to win and compete? Or are they rebuilding? Like, what is the... What's going on? If you're going through, <laughs> if you are interested in Josh Gordon, if you are trying to get Anquan Bolden, if you're trying to put these pieces into place here, what is the goal for this year? What is the what is the future outlook of this football team? Because I, I, I feel like it's mixed signals all over the place. We want to sit and wait and be patient and really have Carson Wentz go, and at the same time, we want to win the NFC East. And pot. like, if they go on a playoff run here, uh, what's the what's the deal? You know, then, then, then what happens? I, I, I don't understand what's going on with the philosophy of this football team. Yeah, I've always thought the vision this offseason was kind of like blurry. Like what, like what is the vision? You know, what is the goal? I think they're just trying to make everyone happy. And maybe that's maybe that's making some people unhappy by, by trying to do that. I think you know, you, you look at we were talking about Jason Peters earlier and how he wants a ring. You know, he doesn't want the Eagles to like, you know, get rid of Sam Bradford and then just trade up for a rookie and then have him because he's going to think it's a rebuilding year. And then, you know, Jeffrey Lurie isn't going to want to sell to the fans, you know, that, you know, we're not, you know, we, we did this and we're, we're kind of, you know, not competing this year, especially, you know, when fancy a division that isn't that great. So it's, and the, the whole thing of football where, you know, it's just so different than the NBA like where everyone bought into the Sixers and the process and all that and the patience. It's just that doesn't fly in the NFL unless maybe you're the Browns and I guess they're trying to do something like that. But that's just a totally different situation. I mean, you know, the Eagles won seven games last year. So uh, the casual fan at the very least is going to, you know, think like, why can't we win eight at least this year? You know, that's only one more win. It's a bad division. So things like that. So you have these weird competing things at play where the Eagles, they want to be set up for the long term, which is why they traded for Carson Wentz, but they also want to have that short term success, which is why, you know, they're keeping Jason Peters. They're keeping Darren Sproles. They brought back Sam Bradford. So it's, it's really a weird mix. And I guess it's not necessarily totally damaging in the long run, because if you have Wentz and he's great, I mean, like he can always replace the parts around him anyway, but it's in the short term. It's just very weird. Yeah, and this is, and I asked Alexis the same thing. I kind of want to get this from you too. So if, and, and the and the narrative has been very strong on this. So we and I agree, and I'm not saying I disagree with it, but the fact of the matter is that most people thought this team was bad because of the coaching. There was enough talent on there to compete and be a playoff team. So if that is the case, then what are we supposed? To, how are we supposed to judge Doug Peterson? Because the, the the second they lose, that's going to get flipped on its head. Like, well, look what's what, what's around them. Which one is it? Which one is it? Was it really Chip Kelly? Was it the talent? Was it everything? What do you think? Well, I think people didn't think it was just the coaching. Because I think, you know, we look at everyone. A lot of people are blaming Chip Kelly, the GM. So I think, you know, a lot of people thought that was an issue. And they obviously made those moves. And, you know, Murray's gone. And Maxwell's gone. Tico is gone. And. Sam Bradford is still here for some reason. And uh, <laughs> so I think it's going to be interesting to see how we're going to judge Doug Peterson. I think, you know, a lot of people are, we've, we've all talked about this plenty of times by now. I think, you know, everyone's excited to see the defense, but very skeptical, skeptical about the offense and everything. To me, from like James and I did a show, I guess about a month or so ago now, about like realistic goals for the season. I think, you know, my realistic goal for Doug Peterson is kind of, 
first of all, just prove he's not totally incompetent as a head coach, which <laughs> I, I don't think, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying like, I know he is. I'm just saying like, I, I need to see that. I also need to see that he can do something with this offense. I'm not expecting him to make it a top five, top 10, even unit. Uh, they just don't have the talent for that. But for them to somehow show some kind of improvement on offense to me, I mean, I'm seeing improvement, and that might not manifest itself in wins because I think the Eagles have a tougher schedule this year. Yes, the division is weak, so I think they should be competitive, but I think, you know, you look at the schedule and they have some tough games on there. I think there's that stretch where they play, like, the Packers and the and the Seahawks and the Bengals, like, three weeks in a row. So, I mean, like, I, it's weird. I don't think you can use wins as the only metric, although as tempting as that is, uh, I, I think Doug Peterson, it's going to be hard to evaluate him only in one year. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. Um, I, I think that there is, yeah, I, I just think everybody's very confused, and that will continue to happen until we actually see some some football games here, some real uh, awesome football games. Of note, uh, just before we close out, I know we mentioned a lot of the Cowboys stuff that was, was kind of happening here. Uh, our good friend Nick Foles, uh, rest in peace, my friend. Uh, got cut from got cut from the Rams, which I will officially declare the Eagles finally won the trade. Yes. <laughs> uh although not really because they're getting rid of Sam Bradford too. And then well, what I, was that tweet that was going yeah. around that was uh <laughs> saying like congratulations to the Rams as they, they won the trade officially because they no longer <laughs> Nick Foles or Sam Bradford on Correct. the football team, which is uh, which is probably really the case. Uh, then I, I, I don't, I, I'm starting to think that this was more or less a troll tweet, but, uh, there is a radio host in, uh, Minnesota who had, uh, Patrick Rusi, I believe is a, uh, 1500 ESPN who is out there who tweeted hearing that Nick Foles has been told that he will have a chance to compete for the QB job if yeah, he signs okay. with the Vikings, which, uh, which, uh, just kind of let, uh, everybody on fire. I believe Sully, if we all know Sully, Sully football, who's, who's an excellent, uh, troll and football fan on Twitter might've, might've gotten under that, but still interesting. Uh, I, I correctly predicted that that came out and that, uh, Fitz would immediately sign a contract with the Jets. And sure enough, that did. So, to end this prediction, I think that Nick Foles ends up in Cleveland. No, that's right, and and, and 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 that is a, a dream come true if that happens. I mean, if you have Tony Romo or Nick Foles backing up Tony Romo, that's just uh, I think that's a match made in heaven. And I oh, can't gosh. wait for all the blogging the boys guys to be like, well, yeah, well, actually, you know, twenty seven and two, you know, Brandon Whedon, <laughs> better than that guy, you know, like all that stuff. I I, I can't wait for if you actually. Uh, ends up signing down there. BLG, any final thoughts as we're rolling out here into? Uh, you know, we'll have to see what happens on uh, Friday with training camp, and and what are you looking forward to kind of next week as well? Well, I guess three things. Um, the first thing is just imagine Nick Foles is just you know he's, he's under center, he drops back, he just keeps dropping back because that's what Nick Foles does. He's just he's just dropping back, and and Vinny Curry is just like chasing him down, and he just you know they're they're like sacking Nick Foles just like like just. 30 times in a game somehow. It's just every <laughs> single drop back. He's just, he's just dropping back super far like that Instagram post I have. So that's the first thing and why, yes, I do think it would be funny if he ends up with Dallas. The second thing is, uh, as far as next week and everything, uh, you know, training camp is a grind, John. I am exhausted. I am I am somehow still... Uh, Especially with the DNC in town. Yeah, you know, oh, That doesn't gosh. really help things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, 
Uh, we have four more straight days of practice here, Friday, Saturday. Uh, don't forget, Sunday is the first open practice at the link. Uh, no tickets necessary for that. It starts at 10. You can just show up. And then they have another practice Monday, and then their first day off is on next Tuesday. So, so we have that going on. That's thing number two. Number three, uh, John, I'm going to spoil the announcement here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, next Wednesday. Uh, oh, sorry. I have to go. Oh, sorry, Brandon. You, we almost we almost said it on there, but seriously, next Wednesday, next Wednesday is going to be pretty sweet. I will also say, uh, yeah, go and have some fun uh, Sunday. Go to the opening, uh, opening uh, training camp practice. No Stu Bradleys, no Stu Bradleys, no Jacory Shepherds. Please and thank you, and uh, maybe some no rain would be uh, quite nice. So. For myself, John Barcher, and of course, for Brandon Lee Gout, we thank you as always for listening to BGN Radio, especially this episode number 176 right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com, fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcast, and we thank you for choosing ours. Sports Radio 94 WIP.